Welcome to the One Speed MMA Podcast with your hosts, yours truly, Flying Smitty, and Carson Wood. Hey, Cars. Howdy. Doing it about two hours early this week, which means we'll probably have this out by tomorrow morning. Yeah, now that I don't work Sundays and I don't have family stuff in the middle of the day Sundays or anything. Yeah. It's nice. Family. No one needs family. Let's jump right into it. Your fight of the weekend. Oh, we already know that. RDA Ferguson. Easy. Um, but we can talk that. If I were going to do a second one that I really enjoyed, I don't know. Mark, uh, Polo Reyes versus Novelli wasn't bad. You know I mean, mine it, is? it was worth watching. Oh, Penguin? Husband Penguin Husband versus Penguin. Home I knew it. You knew I was going to say, you knew best it. fight. Yeah. Was you it thought that I was just going to jump right into actual fights? No. I want to talk about Husband Penguins. Penguin. Home record Penguin versus but, Man Penguin. That video really tore me up. Hey, if you can't keep her happy. He was off fishing. Probably. That's what, hey, that's what the announcer said, but he's a loser. <laughs> Dude, that guy was so mean. That announcer was <laughs> she so callous. She doesn't if want you, a loser. If you haven't seen it, it's not on Fight Pass. It wasn't on a UFC sanctioned promotion or uh, fight, but uh, you go look up Husband Penguin or Homewrecker Penguin, and it, it's it's a solid fight. It's a Nat, good one. Nat Geo sanctioned. Could you imagine being on Nat Geo and being like, that poor injured wildebeest is about to be eaten by that cheetah. Well, that's a thing. And there's nothing I can do about it. Well, that's the thing. Well, I mean, you would think that he he wouldn't be so callous. Yeah. We'll let you watch the video. Definitely go look it up because it's hilarious. And then waltz on over to um, black people Twitter on Reddit and just go through all the memes because they're geniuses. You know what I, what I wish we had? Hmm. An effect button where we could just take out him, him saying, because she doesn't want a loser. <laughs> and then just play that on repeat anytime <laughs> someone says something. So anytime you disagreed with me, all I would do is hit that button. <laughs> so it would say, and she doesn't want a loser. Um, <laughs> what, what was I going to say? I had something else to say on that. I, I would love a soundboard. I yes. think we probably have the capabilities if we figured it out, but that'd be great. And I would use, you know, oh, that's what I was going to say. Did you ever watch um, Snoop Dogg doing uh, Planet Earth? <laughs> yes. I would love for him to do this one. Uh, no, I would love to see this announcer for penguin versus penguin in the ufc announcing the ufc fights <laughs> that's what i would like to see <laughs> this time he's not just using his legs for walking he's using them for brutalized swinging <laughs> like what he'll think again before he steps in the cage they swing them like baseball bats he's such an ass callous <laughs> ass that's what he is i would love to hear him commentate on other sports uh, especially ufc too bad he's MMA. got a brand new jar a jar job at npr He's going to be there 6 o'clock hour. His voice is just perfect for that. You ever watch uh, Parks and Rec? I did. Where they talk, do they, they do the NPR thing, and filling in for me, I'm filling in for Kate Carton, Stein, whatever you said. It's so funny. And like, the oh man, the lesbian uh, African band. Like that, that whole the NPR thing is so spot on on that show. But he would do good there. He would do real well. I listen to a lot of NPR now on my way to work. That's good. I like it. I do too. Um, I just kind of hate the radio because I don't really like commercials and stuff, which they're good. They're- I'd, li- I'd like to turn back on podcasts. NPR does it pretty well because they're just they they kind of breeze by it instead of having like full on commercials. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And well, yeah, I mean, I prefer podcasts because if I lose service, which I mean, this is the same for NPR, but like I can yeah. one, I can fast forward, I can rewind, and. If I lose service, you just download it on your phone and you can still have it. I always forget to actually just do it. So by the time I get in my car and I'm like, oh, man, I meant to get Chelsea on this podcast. I'm like, well, NPR it is. That's probably, that's usually what I do first thing when I wake up is I hit the download button on the ones that I want to And when I wake to. up, they be looking at me for a pay cut. <laughs> I'm not going to continue. <laughs> I could. But then we, then we go off on a weird tangent for three minutes while y'all listen to me rap Kendrick terribly. Y- y'all want to see Kendrick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm she just doesn't have time for losers <laughs> She doesn't have time for losers Anyway yeah um, Going off of that The step up yeah, I'm guessing you missed the Liam McGeary Phil Davis fight I did I fell asleep yeah yeah. So let me just break down my thoughts on this real quick And then we'll get to the UFC card um, I didn't watch the entire card The Bellator card Oh um, that's what you're talking about Yeah. Uh, no yeah missed that completely Yeah. yeah. I'm so glad no, you watched it So Phil Davis well it was Friday night and we were I saw that cut, right. though. 
Holy oh yeah, that was hell. A Spartan, like yeah, that's yeah, maybe that the worst cut I've ever seen. That was rough. Go it ahead, looked like uh, Robbie Lawler's lip on somebody's eyebrow. They they brought up some other ones on Reddit of things that have happened to people that like look more gnarly because like they actually show like the the tissue and things oh, like yeah. that. But this one, how deep it was! Oh my gosh! Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, the only thing I wanted to get into on this aspect was Liam McGurry is. He's a great fighter. Obviously, he's a champion in Bellator. But the issue is, is Phil Davis went in there, took him down, and just manhandled him. And it mm-hmm. shows you the difference in in level between the top five in the UFC and other promotions. And then, of course, Marcin Held, who also just came over from Bell- Bellator, um, getting beat by Diego Sanchez. And, of course, there's a lot of things that can go into that. Obviously, Marcin Held's big thing is BJJ, and Diego Sanchez is a world champion BJJ, you know, black belt competitor. Mm-hmm. So that that didn't bode well for him. But long story short, basically what I got to with this is Liam McGeary was great. He ran through the entire light heavyweight division there in, um, in Bellator, and then Phil Davis had no issue with him. And so Phil Davis obviously is only, you know, top four. Anthony Johnson crushed Phil Davis. And so... It just really shows that Bellator has a long way to go before they could actually compete. Eddie Alvarez obviously is the one exception at this point where he came into the UFC and he's a champion now. Um, I think Michael Chandler would do well. The lower weights would do great. Benson Henderson going over and, and getting beat at 170 by uh, Korshev. I mean, there's certain fighters that can compete anywhere. Um, weight has a lot to do with it, but those heavier weights, even 205 in Bellator... It, it goes to show you the 205 in UFC, 205 in Bellator and WSOF are just really shallow divisions. <coughs> I was actually thinking about that yesterday. I was like, because Benson Henderson came up on a highlight reel for uh, Eddie Alvarez mm-hmm. and when he got uh, when he got folded. And I was like, oh, yeah, man. He, he went over to Bellator and it's like, <sighs> that is such a risk now because it looked like it was going to be good for him. And maybe I'm maybe this is just me. Um, cause I feel like I float in and out of consciousness in MMA, but I was like, oh yeah, he's over there mm-hmm. and Rory's over there now. See, I think Chell is good. Very, very good for him. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm kind of hating it because it's kind of like a merger. They will, they, they won't rein it. They won't, they won't give him a short leash. Like, you know, the UFC and the UFC probably gave him a little bit more of a leash than he probably should have. You want him to be entertaining, but I mean, it got a little bit too much, but they're just going to give him complete reign over. The him and the the at legends ass whooping, and I feel like it's going to get to annoying territory with Chell. It already is. Poor Tito Ortiz, man. Oh, I, I think like he agreed. To I it. feel like he, I know, but I feel like he's getting picked on because he's just not smart. Mm, I think he agreed to everything. The, uh, the, so the interactions—that's the other thing to talk about. Their interactions during the Bellator card were just awful. First thing uh, freaking Chell Sonnen does when they walk into the middle of the octagon is say. I can't believe you would walk in here with your fly down. And it's like, and then Tito got on Twitter and was like, well, I didn't know you were gay. What are you looking at my crotch for? I was like, really? Is this what it's come to? Oh, I didn't hear that. And then he tried to rhyme that with fact. Riddle me this, riddle me that. On June 21st, I'm going to beat you, and that's a fact. That, see, was, I, that was his rhyme. See, the thing is, I think they're doing that. Like, I, I think he's completely agreed to it. And I mean, it's, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion per se, but I'm pretty sure that Tito's going to win. And so, and then Chell just moves divisions and just creates havoc in another division. And like, I think it's just to get eyes on it. Like he's just going to move all over the place and he's going to do this to everybody. I kind of feel like Tito Ortiz's brain is gone. No, he's all right. In my opinion, I don't, I, I hope when I watch him, I don't think he was that stupid back in the day. Hmm. He may have been, and maybe I need to go watch old stuff, but I feel like the Liddell-Tito days mm-hmm. were nowhere near that bad. And so, I don't know, man. I just, I honestly feel bad for Tito Ortiz. I really do. And I really hope that he's okay, like, mentally. I think he's fine. Well, CTE's uh, a big deal. What are you looking at over there? Um, I'm trying to find that. I wanted to show you, like, the, excuse me. Um... Ah, this is Santos's head. So I wanted to look up the guy's cut, and they had showed this other one that was really, really gnarly on Reddit. Somebody put it in the comments, and it goes all the way back. Oh. But it's like... Like the dude from Mafia 3? Oh. 
<laughs> he's got a big old scar that goes all the way back on his head. Um, while you're looking at that, let's move on to the UFC card. Um, let me get to the biggest thing. The biggest thing other than the main event card and Charles Oliveira missing weight completely and then getting guillotined. So I think there's going to be a huge amount of cuts from the UFC. Obviously, the week before this card, we saw about seven or eight people get cut. I think we're going to see the same thing from this card. Was this guy not in Bellator? I don't know. Okay, I'm sorry. Back to the UFC. Uh, I think Chris Avila is gone. I think Jason Novelli is gone. He he lost here. He got knocked out by Tamor. He got head kicked. Um, I think Alex Nicholson is gone, even though he put on a pretty decent showing and he could have won um, or at least lost by split decision. Everything surrounding him, including him being super racist during the freaking Mike Perry fight, him having a domestic dis- dispute in public, uh, to which that someone else called the cops, and him just being like, oh, well, too much Patron. Um, I think that's going to get him in a lot of trouble, and I think the UFC is going to separate themselves from him. I also think Heather Joe Clark, who is seven and 7-5, who lost to uh, Alexa Grasso, who's from Guadalajara, and she looked really good. Um, I think they're going to really get behind her in, in the Mexico and in South America because she's a really pretty girl, but she can actually fight. She's now 9-0, and and that puts Heather Clark to 7-6. To and six. And so I think that there's definitely other people in Invicta that could take her place in the UFC, and she wouldn't really be missed. And so that, I mean, almost half of this card potentially could be get their marching orders after this card. Um, Either that or they should retire. <laughs> that's that's the, that's the option. You get yeah, that's it. You get a couple, and that's that's the main one. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you also. Uh, any chance that Greg Hardy gets picked up anywhere? He's already training at. He's training. ATT. That's what, I mean. It came out this week, but I mean, do except you, for Bellator. Oh no, Sean Merriman just signed mm-hmm, with Bellator. Yeah. Um, I hope not. I hope no one. I I hope. I hope nobody does, and I hope that sets a precedence. I. That's the one time I would like to see the WSOF, Bellator, and the UFC all get together and just be like, hey, if this guy wants to go to Risen or if this guy wants to go to 1FC or whatever else, let him do it. But we shouldn't. Nobody should sign him. Um, and you get into the everyone deserves a second chance, and you look at John Jones, but he never, like, he wasn't. Well, he oh, he got second. He's gotten second. Well, no, I mean in Cowboys the NFL. Yeah, I'm talking um, second, like sports. Um, yeah, it was definitely not Bellator. By the way, it was Celtic Gladiator or Celtic. Um, he, uh, that's tough because it's not like I feel like maybe he does. I don't know, just training MMA and then being an outlet, just a normal nine to five. If that ever happens for him, that's probably a worst case scenario for. I don't know. I don't know. Or do you want him? Do you want him to get signed and get his ass beat? I mean, there's, there's so there's different options for it. I no, because he's going to sell tickets and people are going to want to see him get his ass beat, and he's going to make money from it. Well, he's going to make money regardless. Hopefully, he saved his money. He's probably paying it all in legal fees now. I just don't. People can do people can do drugs and people can crash their cars as long as it's not into pregnant women. But if you if you're a full on football player and could manhandle ninety percent of the United States and you're hitting women, you don't deserve anything. I agree to that. Yeah, and I mean, and that that's kind of what it gets down to, and that's why I hate Nicholson so bad. I mean, you know me. Anyone that even has someone has said has abused their ex girlfriend, they already get freaking asterisks next to their name to me. Travis Brown, Anthony Johnson, like all of these dudes. That almost looks like Kevin Casey. Sorry, uh, Carson just showed me a big old cut. Marvin Eastman. Marvin Eastman. Oh, yeah, yeah, Marvin Eastman. He was in pride in all of those. I think he's, he may still be fighting. Look, he's back there. Yeah, Stitch. I was watching some of the old fights. He's going to go stitch him up. Stitch and made me sad. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about I mean, I'm, I'm... I hope it's just an outlet for him, you know? What's going on with Sean Merriman? He had a pretty good career, right? Did he have I have no idea. retire early? He I played, know the name, but I honestly don't Sean know. Sean Merriman played for the San Diego uh, Chargers. The, the San Diego Chargers way back in the day. I mean, he may have retired normally, but I know that there was some controversy behind him as well. Obviously not enough for him not to get signed by Bellator. 
Um, but of course, Strikeforce took a shot on Herschel Walker as well. Um, but Herschel Walker is just a freak athlete and kind of talks like a robot, but I mean, he's just tough as nails. But Sean Merriman, yeah, he played for the Chargers and he played, he was a really good player for a short period of time. I think he did get himself in some trouble, but I don't think it was any like anything major. And so that it's a kind of interesting that him and Greg Hardy are coming in at the same time. And one's already signed a Bellator and the other one's not. It kind of shows you that they are kind of shying away from Greg Hardy if Merriman got signed on that quick. But I think, if I remember correctly, Merriman's been training for a while. It sounds like from this article, though, he will not be actually fighting, though. He's just going to be a representative for Bellator. Let's see. Let me read this. So it says, um, former NFL star Sean Merriman has signed with Bellator MMA. He won't be following fellow retired gridiron star Herschel Walker into the cage uh, for promoter Scott Coker, however. At least not yet. What article, what article is this? This is reviewjournal.com. <laughs> no wonder it's so well written. And then there it goes into some quotes. I'm not going to read that. We'll let the right fan now. decide. You go look it up. You, 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 Review journal. Don't click on it. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel. I mean, as far as... I mean, I don't want him to necessarily be successful. Like, I hope... I, I don't know. I just hope it's an outlet for him. Because it's speaking of Greg, Greg Hardy, right, right, right. Because um, I mean, it was good for me. Like I was never been an aggressive person, but it was, like it I, was good for you. Yeah, it was good for me. I don't know if it was good for him, but <laughs> um, but it, like I was never an aggressive person. But it was it was always I don't know. Like it gave me more confidence. It was just hopefully it does the opposite to him. It evens him out and gives him less confidence and just. Um, I just think of season ten of Tough which was all heavyweights, and mm-hmm. most of them were ex-professional football players. And though they were just freak athletes, they couldn't compete in MMA because they just didn't. The, you got the Shobs, though. You got the Lesners. You've got you got a number of different people. But Lesner couldn't even really – but those guys couldn't even really compete in the NFL. They, they played like half a season or like they were on a practice squad. Mitch Rion. Oh, I'm just I'm, – but I'm saying, though, is – They're much the, better than I ever did. Hold on. I'm just I'm saying, just saying – Obviously, if those guys can hack it, if you move up to the next level in the NFL, there's got to be guys there that can hack it. You know what that reminds me of? Hmm. Goldberg. Oh, dude. <laughs> I was talking to somebody about that the other day, and they didn't think it was that funny. And I was, so what our friend it's used to do, it, he, uh, he got himself uh, an air horn. <laughs> but it wasn't like a super loud one. It wasn't like deafening. Um, and it was yearbook signing in ninth grade. And his name's Justin, also Justin. And... Uh, he would just walk up to people and just go Goldberg. Uh, he was the John Cena meme before John's in, in, in person before everybody else started doing it. Thank you for doing that for us, Justin. Yes. Now he's the pastor of some Christian church, right? I have no idea. Something like that. Um, so getting back to Charlie's Oliveira, um, not making weight. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's rough, but I mean, pretty much every time that you don't make weight, you come in and lose. There's, there's a few circumstances that it doesn't, but um, yeah. that it doesn't go that way. Uh, but mostly you do. He almost did win the fight. Not at altitude. You're not going to miss Hard. weight and win at altitude. But I was watching season two of The Ultimate Fighter. I started that three nights ago. That's the uh, Rashad Evans, Michael Bisbing, right? Rashad Evans. Michael Bisbing was three. Okay. And Rashad Evans was heavyweight. And then yeah. you got like Melvin Gillard um, in the, uh, they did welterweight too. Yeah. Um, it's the Rich Franklin, uh, Matt Hughes one. Yeah. And so they, it must be really hard to make weight in the house because you get all the food you want. Well, and alcohol and because, know. well, they don't have enough prospects dead set at that weight. So they have to go up a little bit and they have to go down. And usually the guys that like that come in lighter actually do a lot better. But, um, so it was interesting this time. So they brought in an odd number of fighters. And then they did the 48. So they didn't used to have the fight into the house. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah. So they would do a 48-hour uh, workout, essentially. Like, they would have two-day workout. And so then they would assess them, and then they would do the draw. So before the draw this time, they said, so the coaches got together and decided who the weak link was. But one guy quit because of anxiety, and another guy uh, tore his meniscus um, in the first day of practice Eesh. or training. And oh, Josh Bergman's on that season. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And uh, and so, yeah, then they – so they don't have a, an idea for the heavyweights. 
on who's the weak link. They just bring in an, uh, an even one. They're going to do that next episode that I watch. But so they get of the welterweight. They let him. They said, you're the weak link. You want to stay here? He goes, yes. They go, okay, pick your fight. And uh, you have to fight him and you stay in the house. And I think this is kind of what started the fight your way into the house because it was it was just on a small scale. Anyways, I just noticed watching the two first seasons of The Ultimate Fighter, I'm always cheering for him to make weight. Like, but it, but and I kind of want to put myself through it at some point. It becomes a, a lot different. It becomes a lot different thing later on. Um, I think none of those guys are nutritionists in the first and second season of The Ultimate Fighter. Oh no, no, there was no money to be made, so they they couldn't really um, eat clean because it was too expensive. Well, this guy had never cut weight before. Yeah, ever. A lot of them got phone calls like weeks out or what something like that that they're going to be in like Josh Berkman. Mm-hmm. There's an you can actually find this. I believe it's on MMA Junkie one of those Josh Berkman openly admits that when he got the call, it was such late notice that he ended up either he was really worried and he ended up um, using steroids or that he was already on steroids and then he got the call into the, the house and was like, "Well, I've got to do it anyways." Um so that's like when Josh Berkman one of his opponents actually pinged hot he never said anything about it because he's actually been one of the one of the open fighters to come out within the last five years and be like, you know, in the Ultimate Fighter house, I was really worried this was my only shot. And so I was on steroids when I was in the Ultimate Fighter house. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of that goes into it. There's just a whole different mentality back at that time about making weight, about nutrition, about fighting, about all of it. I mean, this is when people were still saying that they were street fighters rather than, you know, mm. Muay Thai or kickboxing or whatever else it was. And that's, I mean, that was a frustrating thing is like he had a lot of weight to cut. I think he had 20 pounds. Oh, um, my goodness. And uh, who's the other guy He uh, that was on it? And he was way overweight, too. Um, and I'm, I'm interested to see where they go with that because Dana actually calls him out after the, the guy doesn't make weight. He's five pounds away. He has three hours. He, per Rich Franklin, I don't know because I've never cut weight, but per Rich Franklin, he can make the weight in that time. But he won't go in the sauna and he just tells him he's done. Yeah. Um, so this is the one with uh, Georgie. What's his face too, right? No, that must be the next one. Never mind. I don't remember that. It's a small, like Spanish or Italian. No, he's a Portuguese dude. Uh, and he's the favorite coming in. And then he he's loses. small. Yeah, he might not. He might be under. I, I right. didn't think that he was Portuguese, but yeah. And he's actually in there with the guy and trying to help him out. And he's actually a really good dude, but he has just no. He I actually really liked. You know his whole shtick. He wanted to show that they were professionals, and so far in the first episode, he's one hundred percent like shown himself to be a professional. Him and Rich go to uh, cut the weight with Jorge, the guy. Uh, Jorge Gorgel or Gorgel. Mm-hmm. That's him. Yeah, because yeah. he's the favorite to win. And that's <sighs> Keith Jardine, Seth Petrel Zelli. Ugh, that's the guy that knocked out Kimbo, Richard Evan, Brad Ames. Um, Joe Stevenson. That's who. Josh. That, Josh. Josh Stevenson. As of right now, where I'm at is 190 pounds and needs to cut to 170. Well, well, he wins the season. Does he? So obviously he makes it. Well, I figured he did too because if he did not make weight, Luke Como, Dana would cut would would never have signed him. So I figured he made weight. Um, that's an interesting season mm-hmm. because Luke Como does really well. He's he's a Diego Sanchez, just a weird ass. Yes, he is. He, yeah, he, but he's. They were all making fun of him because he wanted to sleep north, and then he they do they're doing the challenges, and he shows like he has the strongest uh, mental tough, toughness. Like people can't make wall sits for a minute and a half, yeah, which I couldn't either. Yeah. I'm not talking and he's shit there for like five minutes. Yeah, they go they go time, and he's at five, and he just like comes out of it like he was almost in sleep and just walks up. Yeah. So I mean, he's on the where are they now? Is he? Uh huh. It's actually really sad. You got to go watch it after you watch season two. Go watch it. It's really sad. Anyway, but it, all I wanted to highlight with that is I, I thought it was pretty interesting because like I'm always rooting for people to make weight. Um, so I don't know what's going on with with I don't mean to call them out, but Brazilians right now. What is that? The third and within a month they haven't made weight yet. Um, they actually had one with uh, Charles Oliveira and then the other cowboy cowboy Oliveira too. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, it's them with their faces spliced over the DX. Um, and it says, yeah, it says, um, well, what does it say? You can't tell us what to do. You can't tell us what to weigh or something like that. And it's got their faces cut and sliced over. It's pretty good. Um, but no, I, and 
I'm really happy for Ricardo Lamas because I really like Ricardo Lamas. Um, and I, I don't know. I hope we can get the weight cutting thing figured out with IVs being gone and everything. Cause I mean, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Well, once again, we had a conversation on a past podcast and it's mostly Kevin Gasselman, you know, Johnny Hendricks. There's a lot of American fighters, but it, it really is mostly, um, Hispanic or sorry, Brazilian fighters that are having issues making weight. And of course, I think Oliveira only got there five days in advance. Mm-hmm. So trying to cut weight at altitude as well, he really didn't do himself any favors. What do you think's worse? Uh, I guess probably it's a moot point. They're probably well, no, I, I actually can already answer my own question. But do you think it's worse um, to be training too hard a couple weeks out and get injured, or to miss weight? I think it's worse to make weight, miss weight, because at least a couple weeks out, you're you're where you need to be. And now if you, if you're potentially injured a couple of weeks out and then you still miss weight because you're potentially injured, you might as well have just said that you're potentially injured. And I mean, and it depends on who you are as well. Um, so you look at, uh, who just, I, there's a major name that just dropped out and I can't remember who it was. Well, and that's one of them that Chell talked about, um, this week of people, people getting injured and, or maybe it was two weeks ago, people getting injured and not showing up to fight. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the worst things you can do. And he's like, when are we going to stop this in the sport? Yeah. Like, I remember no other he, yeah. sport, no other sport do you get to not show up on the day of and still be called the champion or the winner? Um, like, or just have it like a, like essentially a no contest. You lose if you don't show up. And but mo- so, but most other fight, like the other person could, if they miss weight, the other person could say, I don't want to fight them. And it, that fight could be off just as much. And as that's why I think that missing weight isn't that bad because you can still actually have the fight on. There's at least a choice at that point. But I mean, I think it's so much worse for having a Jose Aldo world tour and then him yeah. pulling out. I just think, I, I think may, I was wondering what do you think a bigger problem for the sport missing weight and trying to figure it out for people fighting it the right way or getting these guys to not train so hard. Getting them not, especially ATT where everyone gets injured. Oh, Luke Rockhold just got injured. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so Jacques right now. That, yeah, that's the one that fight. they were talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but ATT is known for that. And that's a huge issue. And I don't know. You're right. When you when you think about time involved, money involved, promotions for the actual sport itself, like not for the sport, but for the promotion, someone pulling uh, pulling out due to injury several weeks out. That's rough. I mean, now Australia, who do you get to headline that that's actually, you know, worth going to Australia? Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a little bit rough. It's just like the Philippines where they had to actually pull out of the Philippines, which is the best thing to ever happen for BJ Penn. Let's transition into the card. Ricardo Lama, well, I guess we are talking about Oliveira. Ricardo Lamas looked good. Mm-hmm. Um, the wrestling was on Almost point. finished. Yep. He was almost finished, but yeah, really, really good de- defense. On from it like uh, with uh, Oliveira being on his back, I was actually pretty impressed. I thought he was going to get finished in the first round, yep. especially with how heavy Oliveira was. Yep, and especially because Oliveira transitioned out of it, and all of the transitions that Lamas was doing, he still continued to land on bottom, and it was like uh, you got to transition out. Um, anyway, most impressive part about this is I thought he was going to gas his arms going for the guillotine. But then Brian Stan pointed out until he got the correct angle on the guillotine, he didn't twerk it. So he waited. He pushed off the off the cage, got his arms right where they needed to be, and you can actually watch him flex up when well, he, he used that the cage well yeah. too. Yep. Yeah, he got the angle that he I needed. And I don't know a ton about the technique on that, but like you could just tell he had nowhere to go on it. Like it was, it was good, 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 good. Now the issue that I have with that from the Oliveira standpoint is you just lost by guillotine to freaking Anthony Pettis. You can't get yourself in that same situation in the next fight in the same place, right against the fence. You just, you can't do that. Especially if you're, he's a black belt, doesn't he? He's a BJJ black belt. Pretty sure. He might not be, but I just figure that most Brazilians are. (laughs) Um, you can't get guillotined one by a freaking karate dude or a taekwondo dude, and then freaking Ricardo Lamas, who's just like a straight kickboxer. Mm-hmm. You, or, well, he's a wrestler too. He's, well, yeah. I mean he he's he's good. Yeah. I mean he's all around. Like he's definitely number four. But could you imagine if he would have fought BJ Penn in the Philippines? He would have killed BJ Penn. Ricardo Lamas. Lamas. Mm-hmm. He would have killed him. Like BJ Penn is one of the best to ever fight. And has done amazing things for the sport. 
But if we're talking level of competition, where he has it, where he is with his age now, Ricardo Lamas would have crushed his skull. Yes, yeah, I I think it would have been pretty bad for him. I didn't mean to just stop there, but I mean I did, but I didn't. Yeah. I, anyway, so there's that. Let's get into the main fight. There's a lot to talk about. Um, oh, I also want to say good job to I. I really I, I know you don't love him, but great job Diego Sanchez too. Yeah. Um, no, I I like Diego Sanchez. I'm glad that he won. Um, did you see how he's still breathing out of his nose during the interview? Post fight mm-hmm. interview, three three rounds later. And when he's talking to him and he says "Viva Mexico," he's still breathing out of his nose. Um, doesn't the guy is a cardio nut? I and I also like the shout out to the translator. I, those guys get no yeah. love like in public ever. We all appreciate it because I mean, you get the people that don't want to hear the translations. That's why they love American fighters. Did you listen to some of the translations though? Of him? Yeah, yeah, I did. Some of them were nowhere near what the person was actually talking about. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, he still gave him his due. He's like, hey, I'm not the easiest guy to... Actually, when he says, he's like, I'm not the e- I'm not the most easiest to translate. Yeah. Right, I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, yeah. But no, when he was in that guillotine, that standing one, and used the cage to get out of oh, it. Oh, yeah. That was dope. Um, but getting into the the, yeah. the main fight because you did you were right there was a lot to talk about Sanchez no Sanchez was huge and I'm glad we brought that up because he did a, an excellent job. Um, but yes, I always cheer for him because I mean I feel like he's an intense guy and kind of weird, but he was a I feel like he would be the kind of person in high school that I would want to hang out with still and be like he would be like one of my friends that everybody hates. <laughs> like why do you hang out with him? It's like I don't know. Like I think he's a good Carson guy. has a lot of those. Yeah. I have a lot of friends that people don't care for per se. Here's the thing with like keep around. Here's the thing um, with Diego Sanchez though. Everyone everyone sold him short in a fight with someone that gets everybody in arm bars. And once again, he's a BJJ black belt that has won competitions. You can't just be like, Oh, Diego Sanchez is gonna lose this, Marcin Hell's gonna come in and, and win this because his his BJJ is better. It's not. If it was a striking match, I would I would have gone with the other guy. But the Marine fact Hells. is, with so like yes, is it Marcin or is it Marine? It is Marcin. Marcin, yeah, Mar- yeah. Diego Sanchez. And no, the, it might be a different pronunciation as well. Maybe well, we're going to pronounce the C-I wrong. We're going to say it like that Marcin. way because we don't know. Is it Poland? I don't even know what country it's from. I'm gonna be it's honest. From Poland. I thought that's what it was. Yeah, it's a Polish invasion over here. Yeah, they're all coming in, which is great. Good for Poland. Um, but yeah, no, so. That was the annoyance I had reading on, on Twitter that everyone was like, oh, he's going to take his arm. And it was like, did you guys forget who 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 Diego Sanchez is? Did you forget how good his BJJ is because he does nothing but strike? Like, And then Joe Luozon struck with him. Why? Joe Luozon's BJJ is amazing. But obviously he respects Diego Sanchez enough not to freaking go to the ground with him. Of course, he knocked him out pretty quick, but mm. nonetheless... Um, how'd you feel about the, uh, the tough finale? Uh, I liked, I thought Blaise was going to win. Obviously I was wrong. I liked him in the house other than, um, he was overconfident because I've watched about half the season. I don't think in MMA, I'm sorry, go ahead. Finish that thought. Cause I, um, I didn't actually watch it. So I think, but the kid's 20 years old. Um, and he almost went home because uh, no one liked him because he was so, He's from Peru, right? Yeah, he was so dedicated to everything. Almost like a Sanchez. Not as weird as like, or uh, Como or uh, Ferguson was really weird in the house too. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone kind of shunned him and he had to kind of shun his team. And so I liked him though. He's 20 years old. I think he's got a really bright future, but Bravo put on a great job. Have you ever, in MMA, have you, I can't think of anything. I was thinking about this last night. Have you ever seen anybody down with a liver shot from punches? Usually from kicks, huh? Yeah, I have in boxing. Local, I have in in boxing and local MMA. I have. Um, I think the only thing that would probably come close for that good of like body work was probably uh, Maldonado. I can't remember who he was how who he was going against, but he. I mean, those were those were dirty shots, man. And then he was just putting combinations together. I was actually really impressed with Bravo because I knew nothing about him. I didn't watch that tough. Speaking of body shots. In MMA. <laughs> you want to do one right now? Yeah, let's do it. Get the dog. <laughs> um, 
Tony Ferguson, who I don't like as a person, and I don't like when he talks. And I think after but the change fight, your mind after last night. I think Keep he, going. after the fight, he should have called out the winner of two hundred five, even though he probably knows he's going to get it anyway. Nonetheless, um, two things I really, really like about Tony Ferguson's fighting style: one, every round that he comes out, he has improved what he's doing. So he has taken mental notes of what he got caught with or how he lost. His corner does as well. And he and he finds he, something else to get hit with next round. Yeah, but he changes what he was doing, whatever he was doing the last round, to lose. From from rounds one to two, two to three was a little bit different because he got a little overconfident. And then four, he stopped doing that. And five, they, he just came out in one, four, and five. Um, that's number one. The fact that there's not many people that can go between rounds and actually adjust get better and come back and adjust to the fighting style of the person that they're fighting. I think Tony Ferguson is one of the best. Um, Conor McGregor does it as well, but I think Tony Ferguson does it a little bit better. And um, secondly, he listens to his corner. So when they would show his corner on the little bottom screen, his screen and screen, and they would say change levels, you immediately saw the next thing that he did is he would change levels and he would go for the body shot. And he was actually listening to his corner, which Apparently, as soon as Brian Stan said that Rafael Dos Anjos, his corner was all yelling different things and so on and so forth, um, people got on him. So but, I was actually talking to Danilo when I was yeah. talking to you. We were texting each other, and he was saying his corner is so stupid. All they were saying is, remember, there's wrestling. And he's like, they, he's like he, he messed up moving, moving uh, training camps. And he's like, I, he's like it was because he speaks Portuguese, yeah. obviously. And he's just like, it was... He's like, it was terrible. Um, but then he said that he had to leave King's MMA because it, he wasn't progressing or it wasn't helping him anymore. Right. And I, I, he was just going off of like what they were saying. And, and he, yeah. in his opinion, he should never have left. Um, and he, I think we'll see a change from him did he, probably. Is but, he training with Tavarian? Or uh, where did he go? Him and Travis Brown training? No, I think he got too many hits on Ferguson to be training with Edmund. Yeah, good point. Um, but, but straight left got him every time. Dude, what was his what's his whole head made out of, man? Ferguson's? Yeah. I don't know how he stood there and took those and straight laps. And and RDA for RDA. that matter too. He took that knee and then I was watching I went back before yeah, this knee. fight and watched the Eddie Alvarez fight. Do you remember how it got ended? Alvarez caught him. Uh-huh. But how did it like Was it a What position did they end in? Against the fence, right? Yeah, on yeah. his feet. Yeah. And I didn't remember that. Yeah, and I was like, "Jeez, man!" Punching him against the fence. Yeah, I, and then he did go down a couple times and everything. But it's like he just—I mean—he kept coming forward. Like he—he takes—he took a beating. I don't like to see that. Obviously, like I like RDA a lot, and I know you don't. But um, same thing. I respect him as a fighter, but just as a a person. Well, last week you said you didn't like him as a fighter or a person. Actually, I don't like him as a fighter. I don't. I don't like his fight style. Um, I never have. And I, I and I'm fine with that. I get that, but um, I mean, he's got a lot of heart. I just think where he messed up was when he got injured and started talking crap on Connor. Yep. Other than that, he's a class act. I don't know. I don't. He seems like a nice dude, but that really bugged me. Me too. And don't don't pull out of a fight and then talk crap on the person that you're no longer fighting. Mm-hmm. He looks solid again, though. He looked like he was chiseled from marble again. But I but mean, Ferguson looks skinny. That's, how he, that's why he comes in. He comes in like he that. looked even. He weighed in more with, gaunt than he, usual. I don't think so. for me he didn't. I thought he looked pretty normal. He could easily fight at one seventy. Um, I was uh, I, like I was saying, I went back and watched some of his fights. Man, he can fit. Do you know what his his record is? Which one? Ferguson's nine knock. We might have went over this last week. Uh-huh. Nine knockouts, eight submissions, five uh, decision. Like he does it all, man. He and. Yeah. And nobody's ever beat RDA like that. Eddie caught yep. him. Um, Khabib wrestled him, right? Yep. Uh, he picked him apart. Like, he he took some shots. And I, he if he fights Connor down the line, he will need to take some shots, too, like we saw Nate. Yep. I think he's, in all honesty... So let's get into that. We were talking about this before we started, before we started talking. So Ferguson won this one um, against both people at 205, Eddie Alvarez or Conor McGregor. So we're talking, if he fights Conor McGregor after 205, saying Conor McGregor wins, you're breaking it down. Who you think wins? For Ferguson, Ferguson and Conor? Ferguson and Conor. Um, I didn't think about it until you said it, uh, but I think two rounds, uh, Ferguson gets it. If it's finished in the first two, Conor, if I'm picking, 
Con- or Ferguson comes in with a different game plan and doesn't go in it quite like he does with other people because I don't think he takes the same shots. Um, there's we were talking about there's three people that I think are really accurate in the, in MMA off the top of my head, and then there's a couple more that are pretty good. Anderson Silva, yeah. Tony Ferguson, mm-hmm. and Conor McGregor, and then you got you got you know uh, some other ones in there, some other karate guys, but. And I don't think he takes those shots that he took from RDA from Connor. I think Connor's precise and knocks him out. And um, we discussed if he didn't do it within the first two rounds, the deeper into the fight, the, the deeper into the rounds or into the fight that the fighters got, the fight would most likely go to Ferguson because due to cardio and different issues and being able to be on point and be, be able to progress in between rounds, if it went to decision, Ferguson would most likely win it. But Connor's jujitsu is not that good. If Ferguson got it to the ground, there's I mean, he could darce choke Connor. Rear naked, darce choke. Um, I don't think he's ever arm barred anybody or triangled, right? I know he's been triangled in one of his losses a way long time ago, but um He lost to Michael Johnson by decision. That was his last loss in the UFC. That was his only, yeah, it's his only loss in the UFC. And then he went, this is his ninth in a row, right? Yeah. Um, And that's tough in that division. Honestly, though. Almost impossible in that division. Other than Lando Venata, I mean. But Lando Venata put up a good fight. And he lost to. uh, Venata put him in more trouble than pretty much anybody else. Because that spinning elbow, man. If you Mm -hmm. get hit with a spinning elbow and don't go down, you're a lucky man. How'd you feel about this salsa being used as a tactic? I think it was great. I think his footwork and his timing were on. I think people do use, maybe not 4-4, but I think that they do move in certain type of timing rhythms. I mean, think about it. When they do left, right, left, it's 1-2-3, and if you add a 4 to step back and reset, that's mm-hmm. that's music. 1-2-3-4, 1-2-3-4, and that's, that's kind of the rhythm people use. I and mean, it's also the rhythm of the night. And Tony was Tony was filling it last night. Do you like him any more now? I never, I never disliked him as a fighter. I still dislike him as a person. I'll take that as a yes. (laughs) Um, She's not going home with a loser. uh, So next week, we talked about this one at length. Holy crap! Uh, Let's do. Let's start with the main card, and then we can talk about the other one since we're already talking about Ferguson. Who do you think actually wins? Do you think that we get two two belt champion, or do we get a what? What happens? Um, here's what I, here's what I think potentially happens. Eddie Alvarez doesn't want to stand with Conor McGregor, and I know people are going to be like, "That's dumb," because Eddie Alvarez is a great striker. Yeah, that's great. Eddie Alvarez is not a precise striker. He's he is a great striker, but Conor McGregor has precision, and Conor McGregor has the movement to get out of the way. And do just like he did with Jose Aldo and counterpunch him. And Eddie Alvarez is not going to do that. He didn't do it against Anthony Pettis. He wrestled Anthony Pettis. He wasn't going to stand and strike with Anthony Pettis. Pettis is too too many angles, too precise with his kick, so on and so forth. I think what could end up happening is he's going to come in and he's going to try and take Connor down too quickly. Connor's going to expect it. And he's going to catch him when he's trying to get, when he's trying to take him down. This is how I see Eddie winning if he does either a knee or an uppercut or something like that. Uh, I think he uses Nick uh, Nate's plan game plan pretty much. Um, Roba dopes him and then takes him down. Well, I actually think he's going to stand with him a little bit more. Connor won't gas it this weight. Uh, yeah, he will. Yeah, he will. I mean, he won't. anyone can, but I well, he's going to. Um, but he's not going. He's he's not going to be as bad. Um. The difference is, is if he catches him, he does, Nate's kind of like slower off the blocks. Nate will play conservative. Mm-hmm. Eddie's going in. Like if if, if Connor if does, that's his, yeah. If that's what he does, if Connor if Connor gets clipped and we see that stumble where Nate got him with the one two and then he kind of like goes back, Eddie's. Yep. Once Eddie sniffs, like Killer yeah, he's going in like he did it with like he did with RDA. That's the difference between him and other and you know other strikers. And then I think if even if he he doesn't succeed in the knockout at that point. He's taking him down. Alvarez was losing the RDA fight pretty handedly. No, I wouldn't yes. say handedly. He was losing. He was losing that fight. Mm, yeah, he and was. RDA, but I don't got think o- it... RDA got overconfident and got caught. I wouldn't say handedly. They had exchanges, but I think that RDA got the better of him. But I, w- I don't think that it was like an 8-10 round by any means. And I think Conor McGregor is a better striker than RDA is. Oh, by far. It's not even close. 
and RDA was getting the better striking of Eddie Alvarez. Basically. And that's why I think that Eddie's going to probably lose, but I, I honestly, I don't, again, I don't, it's a different game plan. Um, I think he didn't respect his striking as much as he's going to respect Connor's, obviously. Yeah, and I can agree with that. Well, he's um, already said, like, why do people keep striking with Connor? And that's why I'm thinking that Connor's going to have to try and, and hit him with an uppercut or with a knee as he comes in for a takedown. Uh, it's stylistically, it's, it's interesting. Cause I, I think that, cause like you were saying, RDA was winning and that's why I'm kind of in, I'm kind of feeling like Connor's going to win, but, uh, that's the puppy puppy. I feel like Connor's going to win, but Eddie Alvarez is a warrior. man. I can't vote against Connor. It's just like Joanna, which we'll get into. I can't go against Joanna until she loses. I think Joanna is just like Ronda Rousey. Until she loses, they are unbeatable, and someone will beat them. But I, Connor, if Connor McGregor doesn't go up to one seventy, he may never get beat. Somebody might not beat Joanna in all actuality. They really might not. She's. Do you she's think a, she retires un, like undefeated, or you think she only fights for a couple more years, or what do you mean? Um. She. She is the most dominant champion of any weight class so far. And I, I, I yeah. mean, I'm probably even including history. I think she's more dominant than Anderson Silva in his weight class. It's a different level of competition, but yeah. Well, it is. And that's, because that's, she's so much higher in competition, she is more dominant. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, that's it's so easy to say that. And then, I mean, so many people are built up as never going to lose, and they all do. Silva lost. Everybody, Ronda lost. Eventually, everybody um, loses. GSP gets choked out by Matt Hughes. Everybody gets caught, probably. I mean, you're not fighting the right <laughs> people. Spinning, or... spinning backfisted by Matt Sarah. Yeah, Gym. wait. Did he lose to Matt Hughes or Matt Sarah? Matt Sarah. But he lost to Matt Hughes the first time they fought. That's right. That's right. Um, I, was, I was thinking that I was wrong, and I was like, no, I thought that he lost to both. Anyways. Yeah, yeah you're right. Well... She's just, she's too dominant. Eh, maybe Demetrius is out there with her. Yeah. Yeah, Demetrius for his for his division is definitely one of the most dominant fighters. Do you think Demetrius is more dominant, dominant or do you think Joanna is? I think D, uh, DJ is just because of the level of competition. I don't think the level of competition at 125 or 115 for women is anywhere close to the, the level of competition for 135 mils. And that's kind of my like the reason why I think Joanna is so going to be dominant for so long mm-hmm. is because I think that there's just a huge uh, there's a huge gulf in talent. Oh man, we got 13 minutes to cover the rest of this card. What do you want to talk about? This card is just amazing, top to bottom. Rashad Evans, if he if he loses to Tim Kennedy, what happens? Tim Kennedy's obviously not getting a title shot, but what happens? Mm, I wouldn't. I actually wouldn't put it out out there for Tim Kennedy not getting a title fight over. So Bisping, sa- Bisping says he won't fight Romero if he beats Weidman because he tested positive positive. and That's stupid. he won't fight Jacare right now because he, he would have fought GSP, but he won't fight Jacare. That's stupid. Well, the reason I think it's the payday he fight GSP hurt because he's if he win or lose, he's making millions of dollars. And if he does, he has nothing to win. If he loses to Jacare injured, and so I understand that aspect of it. I mean, they're definitely painting him into a corner because he's kind of painted himself into a corner. But I understand millions of dollars to fight injured or a normal payday to, to potentially lose while injured. No. I think Tim, if Tim Kennedy has a good performance, better than Yoel or better than Weidman, you could you could make a case for it. I don't I think, think it'll happen. It. But yeah. I, I think, honestly, it's going to be... Yoel Romero. If we know anything about the UFC, it's what they think that is the biggest fight to sell, and that's probably Weidman. If they want to make it right, it should be Jacare. I don't see Weidman beating Romero. Me either. Romero is not Brazilian. A beast. He's Cuban. I know. That's my. That's my point. Oh uh, yeah. He's not Brazilian. We'll see how how. Or Filipino. I mean, and he's a perfect. I mean, he was a gold or a silver medalist. Cuban wrestler like. Cuban's the key word there. He beat Jacare. He beat. I mean. He's beat Machida, I believe. Yoel Romero is one of the most impressive fighters that the UFC has seen in a while. Um, he supports Gay Jesus. <laughs> you know, I mean, you just can't. He beat. He already. I'm beat sad Tim. that that's not more beat, of a meme. That he, thing was gold. He already beat Tim Kennedy. 
if Tim Kennedy wins and Yoel wins, you can't give Tim Kennedy a title shot over Yoel Romero, who's already beat him. Tim Kennedy beat Bisbing, though. Yeah, but no one remembers that. It's just like saying the Khabib that doesn't RDA matter. That's no the, one that's the marketing it. department. It's on them to remind people of that. All they have to do is show up, show him punching Bisbing. They need to get Bisbing. They need to get the belt away from Bisbing. And I think Kennedy can, and I think Romero can, I think Weidman can, I think any of those five really can. And Rockhold, like Rockhold, Jacare, all of them beat Bisbing. It's a fun division now that Silva is not relevant. Yep. And so that to me. He doesn't want to fight Romero. I mean, Bisbing, you have to get him to fight anyone to get rid of the belt so everyone can actually fight people again instead of Bisbing being like, I won't fight him, I won't fight him, and I won't fight him. Like, it doesn't make any sense. He's eventually got to fight all of these guys if he wants to be the champion. So I think Romero, so we both have Romero on that one. We both have McGregor technically in that one, um, though it could go either way. Woodley versus Thompson, who you got? Woodley. How do you think he wins it? Knockout. You just think he closes the distance fast enough and gets him? I think I don't believe in karate, and I've bet against it too many times over the last two years and lost. It's got to come through for me one of these times. <laughs> um, because Hendricks and Woodley are basically the same fighter, I've got Thompson winning this. Ooh, they're not the same fighter. They're very close to the He's same fighter. He's way faster than Hendricks. Way faster. You think? Way faster. I don't think he's way faster than Hendricks. Yeah, he is. I think Woodley's... I think Woodley is one of the best athletes, but the, his his claim to the belt and I think he should, he yeah. lost to Roy McDonald. He lo- he was losing to Carlos Condit before he blew out his knee, and then he beat Don Young Kim, who has not done very well. Kevin Gasselman, who can barely make weight, and he crushed Robbie Lawler, and good for him for that. But that was only that was somebody was going to do it. It was him, though. It was him. I mean, he's quick. Tyrone Woodley is quick. And he's a dominant fighter. I, I don't think he wins this though. I think he either is too patient and gets caught because he doesn't close the distance fast enough, or tries to close the distance immediately and the karate guy reacts and gets him. I think, I think we see a, a, the same thing that we saw in the in the Hendricks fight. I feel like it might be he overextended in the Robbie Lawler fight he just caught Robbie Lawley by overextending if you overextend on a karate dude you're going to catch a you're going to catch a counter look at Leota Machida hmm <laughs> so what do you do then you have to close it you have to stay close enough that you're you're not getting caught i mean Woodley's not a tall guy he's a small dude mm-hmm. like short he's stocky obviously you have to stay close enough that you can get jabs and potentially wrestle because if you're too far distance, like they're saying with Tony Ferguson, if you're too far away from Ferguson, that's where he likes to be. He can be quick and he can close that distance faster than you can react. I think, I think Thompson's the same. So he's got to fight close. He's got to get him up against the cage. He's got to grind it out. He's got to take him down and he's got to get close punches. He's got to close that distance. I think you might see... An Anthony Johnson Gustafson rematch in this essentially. Yeah, and you could. And, and he is quick enough that he can take he away can the distance. Get that distance quick. Um, that's how I think he wins it by knockout. I wonder how quick he does it though. I wonder if they. I'm not saying that it's going to be uh, that quick of a fight. I just think that he gets hands on him. He's definitely stronger. And have we really seen Thompson get hit? Did Matt Brown really get? Did he hit him really? Or Matt he Brown tried just to wrestle wrestled him? him. Yeah, that's how he beat him. Thompson hasn't really been hit. So we don't know. I mean, go in, somebody probably can correct us on Twitter. If you if you remember him taking kind of like a big shot and walking Rory, through it. Rory hit, him a couple, Rory hit him a couple times, but nothing that looked like he was going to put him on his butt. I feel like we could do a, another one midweek. And Robert Whitaker. The fact is, Robert Whitaker, Patrick Cote, they both have pretty good runs. Robert Whitaker is a tough dude. I mean, he was going to fight. Rockhold, like he wasn't going to fight Rockhold. He was going to fight somebody down in Australia. He knocked out Ellenberger. He knocked out Hendricks. Cote went to decision. Rory went to decision, but I mean, he owned that fight. I. The only thing that could go wrong is if he comes in overconfident, and I don't think he does. And I think Woodley may. I just, this is a cool fight. This is one probably the one I'm the most excited for. Like, if you talk... 
if you talk about just excitement, like, oh, man, I look at this and I'm excited to watch, that's Alvarez and McGregor. If you talk about an actual MMA contest that I am, like, for the actual aspect of the fight and I really just don't know because it's such a weird matchup, that's Woodley and Thompson. That that fight is exciting to me. I mean, this whole, I mean, Weidman Romero, they're both wrestlers. They're going to strike. I, this card is awesome. Tate Pennington, Tate's going to try and take her down. Um, Cerrone Gastelum. Cerrone Gastelum. Nurmagomedov Johnson's interesting. That oh, one's yeah. actually really good. And then Edgar Stevens. All yeah, of I'm these, man. Yeah, I'm taking work off. All of I'm these. not missing any Miller, of them. Miller Alves. Natal Bosch. 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 Sorry. I mean, this whole card. And then below Muhammad, who's relatively unknown from Titan FC, won his last fight, lost his first one. Um, that's interesting, too. It seems like they're trying to push him. And I'm, I'm, I'm not absolutely sure. I like him. He seems like a really good dude. In Titan FC, he was really good. Luke is, uh, I don't know much about him. He was supposed to he's fight. he's silent. The silent assassin. He was spo- no, well, he was supposed well, no, he to is. fight somebody else. Yeah. It says it right here. <laughs> he was, uh, Muhammad was supposed to fight somebody else on this fight, on this card, and he had to pull out, and I can't remember who it was. But long story short, this is, this is the UFC 200, this is the UFC 200 card. <laughs> Is 202 really the 200 card? No, 205 is really the 200 card. Oh, and I said that from the beginning. And I, and they kind of actually still made up for it. I was like, I don't understand why they're pushing 200. You remember. Yeah. Well, I, and I'm making fun of all the people that after 200 passed, everyone was like saying, this is a card that should have been 200. Well, they were saying that with 198 too, and I didn't feel like that for 198. Maybe but, in Brazil, the Brazilian 200. Hmm, that's fair. But you think they come out with a different colored canvas? Not that it really matters. No. They're just wondering. No. I think they're going to. They're going to have an NYC. I bet you they've got a big old NYC. I bet they, they do like a blue or something because they did the yellow for 200. 200. Gold. And this is bigger than that. And they're, they're selling it as that. This is the biggest uh, fight card in UFC history. Speaking of which. All right. So let's let's just break this down real quick. Cerrone uh, Gaslam, who you got? Cerrone. I'll who take, do you got? I'll take that too. Gaslam's. A sleeper, man. No one ever picks him, and he's won more than he's lost. Edgar Stevens. Stevens can knock out Edgar, even though Edgar's never – I mean, he took an upkick from Henderson and didn't get knocked out. But Stevens has got nothing to lose. You know what I mean? He almost got cut and had to talk his way back in the UFC and knocked out Matt Brown. Wait, no, I'm in the way wrong weight division. Holy yeah, crap. He's, yeah, he's I was an Ellenberger. Sorry. Stevens and Ellenberger always remind me of the exact same person. I got it. There's too many Steven Stevensons, Steven, like first. I get confused as well. I've got Edgar, but uh, I've got Nami Madoff. I've got <sighs> I've got Kennedy. I've got Alves. Actually, I'm gonna go this. I'm going Evans, Johnson, Stevens. So that's we're actually completely Ooh. opposite on that one. Oh, I'm gonna go Tate still. I got Pennington, uh, Cerrone. I got I got Cerrone. Uh, Romero. Yes. Jen Jacob. Joanna. Joanna. I got Thompson. Woodley. I actually think I'm going to take Alvarez on this one. I'm taking McGregor. I'm going to, and then I think. Connor McGregor. This is a good card. I kind of don't really care though who wins out of that one. Neither do I. Because regardless, I get, we got to a certain place now with this whole Conor McGregor thing. I was pissed off because there was a lot. Like, I wanted to see more happen at 145. But every time he fights, you still get excited. Oh, no. No, he's great for Your the sport. get a little tighter. But I, I'm usually cheering for against him pretty. And I kind of want Eddie to win. Um, but I honestly don't care too much because I would love to see him Ferguson. But I would also love to Cerrone. make him drop down and fight uh, Aldo again. No, man. We already know what's going to happen. Eddie Alvarez is going to win. They're both going to drop to 145, and they're going to fight again. <laughs> they're going up to 170. Yeah, they're going to fight for the 170 belt. Uh, this is this is one of the best cards I think I've ever seen. This is the best card I've ever seen. Yeah, I can, I, I can, yeah. It, um, top to bottom. Yeah, this I I I want to see. I want this card to set up uh, McGregor versus Aldo too, which I just don't think will happen. But I want to see it. So to hell with everybody. And then I want to see Alvarez Ferguson. Um, and hey, if it doesn't happen, I want to see Ferguson McGregor. But even still, if McGregor wins, I'm pretty sure he's going down to 145. Ferguson's going to have to fight somebody else. And he could very easily lose and not have to fight McGregor. So that's the only thing I'm really worried about. 
it's it it definitely opens up a ton of possibilities at two two divisions in particular 170 and 155 and, and then Con- a little and, bit of 145 and Conor McGregor is going to announce something after the fight he's going to announce he's my dad <laughs> Impregnated my mom being just a few months old. I could see that. You got the right the red hair. You got the build. That's why I hate him. You got the butt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um I was gonna bring something else up of importance, and then it doesn't really matter apparently because I forgot what it was. It was something after this card. Anyway, this card I mean this card basically opens up a lot in these divisions. Cerrone could get a title shot at one seven if he beats Gasolum. Um, even though he wants to go back down to 155 and they won't allow it. Oh, Romero dude. could get a title shot. Who do you... Okay, okay. Really quick, and we can end on this. Say that... who It doesn't matter who wins. Cerrone beats Gastelum and wants to go down to 155. Do you do Ferguson or Cerrone next? This is how I would do it. Cerrone wins, you leave him cage side. McGregor wins, you bring Cerrone in. And you set up this Cerrone McGregor fight. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I honestly think if Connor, I honestly think if Connor wins, still he's going down to one forty five next. Um, I, don't, I don't think he wants to go back to one forty five. I think he's saying, "Why can't I defend both belts?" Just because, but I don't think he wants to. I think he does. I have a feeling that he's going to. He did um, it in Cage Warriors. He's never missed weight. Actually, he's never actually defended his title. No, he, he, went, he won in Cage Warriors, went to the other one, won that one, and then left. Um, he has got nowhere else to go at this point. He's got to defend one of them. So, well, I guess he doesn't. He can fight one seventy. Yeah, well, he can go fight Floyd. Um, I'm, I think regardless, McGregor's going down to 145, and we're going to get Cerrone versus Ferguson. He's going to win. He's going to go fight Floyd Mayweather. What do you do with 155 then? I don't know what you do with the UFC after that. 155, you have an open belt between Ferguson and Khabib. You set up that fight or you set up Alvarez versus somebody. It doesn't really matter. And then Jose Aldo fights Anthony Pettis for the 145 belt. What we've been waiting for forever. Yeah. Except for I wanted it at 155 when yeah. Jose was the champion. It would have been Pettis, Pettis was Pettis. the champion. Yeah. Um, you don't like Cerrone Ferguson ever? I do and I don't. I'm I just not. think they're too, like, what, how do you game plan for that? I think Ferguson kicks him right in the freaking liver and drops him. That's such a, like, a lightning strike, man. Like, he it's only happened to him once. Twice. Cerrone in the liver Cerrone's twice? Cerrone's been kicked in the liver By twice. By who? Pettis. Okay. And RDA. That's how he finished, that's how RDA finished him? Yep. Okay. Um... But it's not like he has an enlarged liver that gets hit more than anybody he else. May, he I, may. I, I feel like that was a lightning strikes twice kind of thing. Um, but I mean, like, <laughs> you how just do you, said lightning doesn't strike twice. Well, it does in this case. <laughs> uh, all I'm saying is she's not going home you, with a loser. <laughs> how do you game plan for either of those guys? Like, you don't want to go to the ground with Cerrone. You don't want to go to the ground. I don't think Fer- I don't think Ferguson's scared of Cerrone striking or Cerrone's ground game, but he should be, and vice I mean, versa. Yes, I. I think I think are there two more dynamic fighters in the UFC than those two, as far as ground ground standing in the same division? No, is there anybody who's more who's who's as dynamic dynamic as from that? from to the yeah no you're right from ground game to striking no there isn't I just can't think of Nate is up there but he he's. You got beat too many times. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, just can't, what as, Woodley? I mean, he is a wrestler, um, but his striking but, is not on that as crisp. I mean, Eddie Alvarez would be in the same in the same category as Woodley. Um, but has he ever finished anybody on the ground? Like either no. with strikes or with a submission? I don't think Woodley's ever finished anyone by submission. Um, no, I don't want to look up Donald Trump. <laughs> Trump. Yes, I, yes, I do actually. No, well. I think I'm going to vote tomorrow morning, speaking of which. Who are you going to vote for? Want to tell me? Third party. Kyle? Yep, Kyle from Staples. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, let me check really quick. So, oh, I blew that. Whoever's eardrums were right there out. Um, Seven knockouts for Cerrone. Seven knockouts for Cerrone. 16 by submission, eight by decision. He's only lost by knockout twice. 
liver kicks, and <laughs> he's only lost by submission once. And I can't remember the losses for Ferguson other than the one decision. Oh, and Ferguson triangle. lost to Michael Johnson by, by decision. By and then decision. some guy in like and he got some, wrestled. Some lower division, he got he got triangle choked. But he's he's, he's pretty, come a long he, way. He's almost fifty fifty on finishes. I don't know. I want to see that fight. That's a good that. fight. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to always, as always, to subscribe. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, tell us why we're wrong, and tell us why we're right because we know we are. Thanks for tuning well, in, guys. I am. You are. Always. Bye. Bye. Bye.